You're listening to A New Lens. My name's Calvin. Here on the podcast with me, it's Gary Nattison. I didn't say my last name, but now you know his identity. <laughs> we created this this podcast together uh, to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through this new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. And uh, <laughs> ooh, Gary recommended this. That we, we have a long list of movies uh, that are possibilities for this podcast going. This one's been on it for a while, and I'm glad Gary was like, Hey, yo, we should uh, we should talk about this one next. Like, let's do it. Yeah, I was like looking at our recent texts and we've been talking a lot about WandaVision and I've been thinking a lot about uh, the state of superhero media in general, yeah. TV shows, movies. It's crazy. I mean, when you think about it, like compare, you know, the time that the movie we're about to be talking about came out versus now. And it's just like a whole different environment. Yeah, man. Uh, so let's get to it. Let's uh, let's talk about it. What are we yeah. talking about today, Calvin? We're talking about Sky High, a fantastic uh, 2005 Disney flick. <laughs> That's not actually the music from the movie. I just want to do some heroic trumpet <laughs> it sounds. Worked. Yeah, it, it fit. Cool. It fit. Um, man, I I loved this movie so much. I was a little bit worried because I feel like somewhere, somehow, I've heard people saying like, "Oh, it doesn't hold up in this way or that." And maybe there's a couple things we'll get into that's like it's different where it it, it was made 15 years ago, but none of it is yeah. like oh yikes, you know? Yeah, it's mostly like wait, <laughs> wait, <laughs> hell yeah, <Whoa>. okay, <laughs> yeah man, yeah. It's I uh I, I have a note that I wrote at the end of the movie, but I wanted to say it at the beginning of this podcast because yeah. I think it sums up the movie well before you even do your uh little, little uh, recap. Recap, this is satisfying payoff, the movie. And yeah, man. I think we'll be able yeah, to well talk written. in in depth about that because holy shit. It was just from beginning to end, I was satisfied. Yeah, man. Uh yeah. And we'll be getting into, you know, the direction, the writing, the acting, and then the uh production. Uh Hopefully in that order, but we'll probably hop around. But first, let me uh, remind you what this movie is about for people that didn't decide to watch a full hour and a hour and forty five minute movie for this. Although you know that's usually the length of some of our podcasts, so I, I don't know. I'm falling in a hole here. I'm gonna recap the film for you. Basically, you. I'm pulling you out of the hole. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Here we've got our main character, our protagonist, Will Stronghold, who is the son of two of the most famous superheroes in the world. His dad is the commander, and his mother is Jetstream. His dad has super strength, his mom, uh, she can fly, and he's been hiding that he does not have powers yet. And uh, so he doesn't know what's up with that. He's a little ashamed. He's trying to hide it from his dad specifically, and it's his first day of school. He gets onto the bus, he meets one of the best characters in any media from our childhood, uh, Ron Wilson, the bus driver. Uh, and he he meets up with his best friend, Layla. They've grown up together. And uh, they get on the bus, they meet a bunch of other people from there who, who are going to be going to the school. And then they get in, they have this sort of you know, orientation thing where there's this classification of hero and sidekick. You're either on one of the two tracks and there's sort of a popularity contest with all of that. We're quickly introduced uh, during the break in the lunch break to this 
antagonist for our main character, uh, who uh, his name is Warren Peace, which I just <laughs> love. Um, I've always loved that. Yeah, man. And uh, apparently Warren Peace's father was put away by the commander or uh, yeah, the commander, Will Stronghold's father. So they have some bitterness there. He also meets this girl played by uh, I just Mary I was Elizabeth just like that's Winstead? just Mary Elizabeth Winstead. What was the character's name though? Gwen. He meets this Gwen. character Gwen, uh, and uh, eventually he figures out he does have powers, which starts to ostracize him from this group of sidekicks that he had been learning to love and uh, becoming friends with. There's some tensions with his dad over it. His dad was disappointed at first that his son did not have powers. There's a great scene between uh, the commander and Jetstream as parents about that in this secret sanctum that his father brings Will to when after his first day of school before Will has revealed that he is uh, he, he does not have powers, but eventually he does. And uh, right after that, Will finds out he does have powers. <laughs> um, he is in a fight with this enemy, uh, War and Peace, and he lifts this table. He's got super strength. So then he starts hanging out with this girl, Gwen, who's flirting with him and showing up at his house and helping him with homework. And uh, she sort of reins him in to be in the hero crowd and sort of ostracize his friends, his best friend, Layla, in particular, who she reveals when Will stands her up to go get Chinese food. Uh, she reveals sh she has feelings for this guy uh to warren peace who works at this chinese restaurant so they're able to connect a bit and she brings warren peace basically into the friend group and all these sidekicks uh and warren peace get together and uh make a bond gwen meanwhile invites his parents the commander and jetstream to this homecoming as like guests of honor to give them like the superhero of the year award and that turns out to be a huge plot because she was this villain that the commander gave context to earlier on when they were in this secret sanctum, which Will brought Gwen into at this party that she threw. It's a big old plot going on. She's able to get this pacifier, this gun that's we learn turns people into babies. <laughs> so she has this big plot. She has this moment where she punches Will out of the window and he's falling and he realizes he can fly as well. And Will and all of these other sidekicks and superheroes, basically, I mean, that's sort of the point at the end that uh, the commander, though, uh, is kind of a shitty guy, does uh, say well at the end, like, you're not sidekicks or hero support you're all heroes. And like, fuck yeah, they saved the school. Um, so that's sort of the, the, the moral is like including everybody and everybody playing their part in order to save the school from this villain who wanted to turn everybody into babies and raise them as supervillains. Like make a new school to raise them as supervillains. That was super rambly. I kind of went all over the place. I hope it recapped the plot you know, generally I, I got to defend though. your your rambleness uh as i said it's payoff uh satisfying payoff the movie and part of that is that there's just a ton of like little things brought up that are then paid off later and it never feels like all right i see that one coming it's right. always satisfying and yep. you kind of had to go into more detail to 
for us to be able to like reference those moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I really, yeah, like something as simple as you know Will's dad referencing Royal Pain in the Sanctum on their first visit, and then Royal Pain actually being Gwen and right. it being a thing they saw in the yearbook, and we saw it, and we still didn't realize it. At first. It's all like done, in my opinion, so just on the line that it's good and it's always satisfying for me when we get to actors i definitely have something that i want to bring up that was like laid in there that i did not quite realize but uh first let's talk about some pre-production on this the people behind the movie the writers of this film uh there's some interesting stuff here gary i don't know how much time you you had to look at it but uh the main interesting thing is credited in the film, in the the credits after the film and on IMDb, there are three writers. There's Paul Hernandez, who has basically only done Sky High. He also did like an episode of some show called Turbo Dates uh, in 2008, like three years after, but really hasn't done anything. So I'm not sure how much he was involved. And then there's two other people who both seem like they work together. They did a lot of kids TV stuff. Uh, they were producers of like Kim Possible, which is awesome. They were oh, producers okay. Kim on Possible rules. Big Hero Six, the series from 2017 to 2021. Like after that movie, they did the Penguins of Madagascar. They hopped on a lot of franchises. It seems like, as well as like the Monsters vs. Aliens TV series, like short TV. Interesting. Series. So like series based on movies. Yeah, and what's interesting is all three of these guys. I mean. Paul, in particular, has literally only this and one other thing credited. These other two, Bob Shuley and Mark McCorkle, have a few credits and mostly seeming to go like kids' shows, mostly animated stuff. But I was looking up because I saw someone was credited on Sky High 2. And I was like, oh, but there were no details on IMDb about it. So I did just a little bit of digging. After this movie, Disney was planning to flesh this out and make like a whole series about it make a sequel film called save you like save university where they go to college and stuff oh that's kind of cool which is cool it it got stuck in production hell no one knows if it's going to happen or not there's speculation that with disney disney plus and everything they might return to this Mm. and uh uh mike mitchell who is the director who we'll get to um said he's interested but he also mentioned There's a quote from him in this thing that I found. Uh, There are two writers who did a lot of writing on this film and are, when I looked them up, have a lot more credits that I'm pretty sure are behind why this movie is so good. Because the other people, there's Paul Hernandez, who has almost no credits. Bob Shuley and Mark McCorkle, mostly producing credits. So they're mostly like show running and like in charge of that stuff. But Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger were the people behind Kung Fu Panda. They wrote Kung Fu Panda, oh. Kung Fu Panda 2, Kung Fu Panda 3. They wrote and Which, produced them. if you haven't watched those movies, because we're at an age, I think, that Kung Fu Panda started coming out right when we were getting a little older than the uh, age it was intended for. Yeah. Go watch those movies. They they're rule. Great. They, they're, they're great. They're fucking awesome. And they're also behind, like, the newer Alvin and the, Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, which I haven't seen, but, like, they're not great, but they're yeah. so fun to uh to watch still because they're not great. I don't know. It's there's a I lot of camp cheese in it, and knowing that 
it's clear now you now that you say that i'm like those are like the lines of like camp cheese like alvin yeah. and the chipmunks or uh fucking what is what did you just say uh, I'm already uh forgetting the, the kung fu panda <laughs> kung fu panda like and then they've also got yeah. the 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 new spongebob movies sponge out of water which are sponge on the run which are successful i have you the know mo- the, personal the, feelings the about, trolls but... movies what are your personal feelings about the spongebob movies i haven't seen them i'm curious I I feel like SpongeBob when you rewatch seasons like 1 through 3 I think it is. Yeah. And the first SpongeBob movie it just is different humor mm-hmm. than these newer SpongeBob movies in the show now. Makes sense, yeah. And it's just different. So like it there was something so clever about the stupidity of SpongeBob when I was a kid that I didn't even realize was clever. Right. I just thought it was funny. And now that I'm an adult, it still holds up. Like think about Krusty Krab Pizza episode or like yeah. you know, all those classics and how and like they there's so many like weird movie references in all those old SpongeBob shows and like or episodes and so many just like jokes that are too clever for a show about just stupidity basically (laughs) yeah and these new uh movies are trying to be clever kind of that's my hot take it like when i watch these newer movies i'm like this doesn't feel that separated from like so much animated shit these days like it's all clever you know what i mean like the lego movie and i love the lego movie but then after that movie came out everything is trying to be the lego movie you know there was like a wave of just like meta and like clever and like like put a clever funny star as the main character in an animated movie and have them constantly make references and clever dialogue and it will work and it almost never works but the lego movie did it and early seasons of spongebob were great but yeah i don't know i'm just like one of those guys i that maybe those would be something to visit uh on the show just like the spongebob series or movies but sure yeah yeah I don't know. Um, Karsten Runquist, who I'm usually very like iffy on, yeah, he has a video. He has a few videos on the newer SpongeBob movies that I tend to really agree with. Okay, uh, yeah. I don't agree with a lot of his hot takes because mm-hmm. uh, they are. He makes some hot takes, uh, <laughs> and he's he's like our age, so you know, like kids making hot takes doesn't always work out. And yeah. you look back and you're like, "Ooh, that was a bad one." <laughs> but his SpongeBob ones, I'm I'm into them. I'm into those. Uh, I find it interesting, something you brought up, uh, and we can sort of start getting into the specific movie we're talking about after this, but I just want to give more context on one person which, with a good segue. You brought up modern movies, modern animated movies, and the sort of style they have, specifically the Lego movie, um, which I want to bring up. The Lego movie 2 is probably the most successful thing that the director of Sky High, Mike Mitchell, has done since Sky High. Um, he did the Lego Movie too. He did the Lego Movie too. He yeah. Wow. He wrote and directed I it, I believe. And he's also watched that now with a more open mind because yeah, yeah. I, when I looked at his directorial credits, uh, the iPhone IMDb app doesn't like just show you, you know, oh, the yeah. pick director, pick that. It just right. has everything listed. And he's listed as an actor before anything else on IMDb. He's also so done like, a lot of voice work, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that says a lot about uh, why we get some fantastic performances in this movie. I yeah, think he, yeah. he knows where, where that line of like, okay, that's bad. That's right. bad acting versus, yes, cheese it up, cheese it up. 
Here's and he's got though. some great actors to work with. But go ahead. Here's a little bit of interesting because again, Lego Movie Two. That's directed by him. I think he was in the writing process as well. He does some voices in that. But again, that that is probably the most successful. To, well, I suppose he also did Trolls. So he's worked with these these two uncredited writers, Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, before. Uh, he, he's worked with, he did the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. He did that one. And then he did Trolls, the first one. He did Lego Movie 2. But before that, like Alvin and the Chipmunks, he did as well. So he's worked with these guys a lot. But between like 2005 and 2011, like when these things came out, almost nothing. Uh, and before that, it's interesting. I think he, he did a lot of voice work. I think this is someone who is an actor, a voice actor who will, who has directing experience and will take on directing. But the way it seems he got his start, he did a couple TV series, a couple shorts. He was involved, it seems in a, a substantial way in this TV show I've never heard of called the itsy bitsy spider. So a lot of kid series stuff. And then his first feature film directorial debut <laughs> was a 1999 movie by the name of Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. <gasps> no. Yeah. I know that movie, man. I just remember mom, hearing the title, but I don't think I ever saw it. That's one of those movies that I've i've seen my mom watching and she's like you're too young to watch this but she thinks it's hilarious so i know like what it is yeah and that is just uh the most um what's his name rob schneider, <laughs> rob schneider. is <laughs> yeah. a gigolo that's what yeah. that movie is yeah. it's in the era of rob schneider is I he what is he don't He's like a gigolo. rob schneider i gotta admit i don't like rob schneider i not a fan not a huge fan either there's a lot of and there's a lot more reasons than just you know my yeah. taste in there but i uh <laughs> i am amazed that that movie is this guy's first movie so literally what? before directing sky high he only directed two feature films Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and a movie. <laughs> you can't five... even say that without me being like, that's a fucking movie. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's five, a movie. five years later, he did a movie called Surviving Christmas with James Gandolfini and Ben Affleck. It's a super low rated Christmas movie. Uh, I think I'd have heard of that. Too, and then though. one year later, Sky High. So I just find it so interesting that. I feel like the direction in this movie is so is good yeah. by someone who so has very little were, experience, it seems like. You were going to say earlier, you were like, I think that's why this is so good then. Is it those two writers he's worked with, you're I saying? I think so. I think so. Do you so. think they have like directorial influence almost like on him as like a a person? I, <laughs> like he sure. like learned from him or something? Because or? also I will say those two that I brought up, have worked with Mike Mitchell, the director, uh, a lot since. But even before that, their main credits are like King of the Hill and Mad TV. They were sort of like comedy. Okay, writers, Those which are, are, are great shows, peak but comedy like, shows though. Yeah, but it's just so interesting. Maybe, and this is for anyone listening. We're just two guys. Literally, both of us are sitting in our bedrooms right <laughs> yeah, now, right. talking on laptops. Yeah. Well, Calvin's got a computer, but yeah. We don't. We're not in the in the industry. We're speculating here. This yeah. is all speculation. Maybe 
he makes Deuce Bigelow, which I'm pretty sure is like one of those, not at the same level, but it's mm. like a, there's something about Mary where sure. a lot of people our parents' age saw that movie and like there's th- yeah, a lot of people comedy. threw out. Yeah, and they threw out references for a few years, and it's just a thing that, like, you know, some people are like, me and my dad love that movie together, or whatever. (laughs) Kind of like (laughs) that. Right, sure. Which is enough for comedy writers to be like, who's this guy? Maybe these guys writing comedy, trying to get their start in the comedy world, reached out to this guy who got lucky with his start making a movie so, you know, (laughs) that's not... Rob Schneider movies, I feel, are like, how did that get so successful? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And they reached out to him, and they're like, yo, let's be friends. And yeah. maybe they're just friends. And just That's being true. friends with some more uh, creative people can, like, like for me, moving to L.A. and meeting other creative people mm-hmm. has made me rethink so many projects that I've started yeah. and made me go, uh, if the person I want in this who I know is a really good actress, actually. So I should step my game up. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Maybe yeah. they like stepped all of their games up. And the thing that happened to come from that is this diamond in the rough. Because even after that, I love Kung Fu Panda. But all those shows sound like shows that I don't know if I'd be into. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? totally. Yeah. But Sky High is totally like it's so good. It, it's it shines in the midst of all that. That's my little that's my theory. A film <laughs> theory. Uh, Sorry. So let's get into the actual like script. I think I think it's written super well. I just think they it's tight. They wrote tight, yeah, tight tight. It's yeah. <laughs> like not even just I mean the the little details of like all the little ways you have setups and payoffs like I feel like Everything is in here for a reason. I also just think it's an en- engaging story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This is, for me, uh, it's a movie made for a younger audience. They're not trying to yeah. subvert expectations. They're not <laughs> right. going to, uh, for instance, and since we're just talking about the writing, we can kind of jump around the at yep. plot points here. Uh, I think the fact that Will doesn't have powers as a kid was something that was like, are they going to make this one of those fucking movies where he doesn't get powers? And then we learn like, you don't need powers to be a hero. No, they give him the best powers. They <laughs> like, give him power. They're... All of the powers. He it's, gets all of them. It's interesting and that you're saying that. I, am, I yeah, As a kid, I was like, as a kid, as like a 12 year old, I was like, fuck yeah, he can fly <laughs> and he's strong. Yes. <laughs> but like, as an adult, I look at this now and I'm like, this feels like material that could have, you know, gotten another pass and maybe, you know, when he flies out the window, Layla catches him with a vine and it shows that he needs his friends sure. to survive. Without them, this would never work because, like, he saves the day. He really does. But yeah. it's so satisfying as a 12-year-old who loves superhero shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's true. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where... Like we see the commander being just the bomb dot com and it's it makes him arrogant. <laughs> yeah. It makes him kind of a prick at times. Right, yeah. And Will doesn't learn from that. It's okay it's okay though. Yeah. You know I, what mean, I mean, he learns to appreciate the people who are helping him out more. Like the fact that his oh, father yeah. never mentioned uh, there's a teacher That's so true. at the school That's, who was right, the That's... commander's sidekick. And he never even mentioned his sidekick. The commander never mentioned his sidekick to Will. And so, 
Will learns that like all the people who make the make the thing happen, make uh, you know, it possible to save the day, deserve just as much appreciation as whoever's like you know punching the bad guy in the face real hard. <laughs> Absolutely, and we so it's kind of like a the writers had to balance like we want him to learn, but we want him to be the one punch, punching the bad guy. Right? Know? Yeah. I I was thinking I was gonna say uh, it's interesting that you're giving that perspective because yes I agree like as a kid you're like yeah he doesn't have power I was thinking like I feel like it's almost because I thought I had heard something about like negative about this movie about the way that they handled that and I don't think they handle it negatively but I went in kind of anticipating feeling like oh so he just does have powers. And I do think mm-hmm. they navigated it well. I think there's an interesting, completely different movie that you could make out of this premise where right? he just doesn't so, get powers. As but soon learns as to... you, th- yeah, as soon as you think of that, it's just a different movie. Yeah. It's just such a different movie. And it's not one that I'm inherently like, that would be bad. Right. I'm like interested in what that movie would be. You Absolutely. know, a movie about a kid who. Both of his parents are superheroes. He's got everything to live up to. All of his friends are superheroes. His best friend is a superhero who doesn't believe in showing the like right. the powers in front of people. So he's like navigating this like thing, and then he just doesn't have powers. Right. And in the end of the movie, he has to his help the help from his friends and him maybe his brains or whatever. Right. But you know, I I love what we got. You know, yeah, I, I, I can I can still love what we got knowing that there's another movie that exists in Earth 616 or whatever. <laughs> right. The fact that the story is more about like, I think I completely ditched that when I realized that he gets his powers like 20, 30 like minutes into minutes the movie. In. Yeah, like it's yeah. pretty quick. Soon enough for that plot line to not right. be the plot. So it's like that setup was giving him more of an understanding for the people who are feeling outside of you know the big powerful superheroes and so once he gets in it he has this exciting you know journey of like you know he has this exciting like i have powers now and i want to hang out with people who have powers and this beautiful girl is like paying attention to me like i want to pursue that and like maybe be the hot shit that you know i've seen my dad always being but quickly realizes that it's not him and goes back to be with his friends because they appreciate him for who he is even though he's been a dick you know yeah it's it's taking the formula of like a classic uh high school story of you know the kid going into high school being the underdog and he's got his nerd friends not to use that (laughs) word in a negative connotation yeah that's the that is the the story and by the end of the movie uh you know or midpoint he like i don't know joins the football team and turns his back on the you know his friends in theater or whatever it's something like that and yeah. you know this is just the parallels using su- it's cool cuz they're using superpowers instead of like popularity being a hero is being popular they don't ne- i they might right. say it once or twice but they don't like explicitly say like if you're a hero, you're popular. If you're a sidekick, you're not. It just it just happens. I mean, you know they, what I mean? they say you're a hero or you're a loser like a few times. Yeah, you know, they that's make what that I, sort of distinction. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's similar to like that class. It's what you expect from one of those high school movies. You know what I mean? Or high school story. 
and they use superpowers to show it which just makes it fucking cool i don't know yeah yeah totally i think it's well done and i think the directing of this story is very well handled like the the tone feels very consistent it feels earnest but also very like elevated like this is. i would really compare this to sam Raimi's spider-man movies it felt it didn't feel as uh it felt kind of like a kid version of that but not totally like (laughs) for kids but like you know there's some there's some moments of like this feels like a Disney Channel original movie with like sure. how the costume looks or how that CGI looks or the you know a couple, we, uh, but uh, yeah, maybe I I don't know. Like we it, can it, get into some pr- production stuff and save. The oh yeah, I've got a lot of praises because, for that. But yeah. what I mean by that is like the uh, I don't know. Like I feel like in Spider Man, you'd hear like "God damn it" or something like that. In <laughs> sure. this movie. You would not you hear would that. Not you know what I mean? That, yeah. that is yeah. what I mean. It's not because in uh, what's the word? Execution. Mm-hmm. It's executed fucking well. Like <laughs> fucking maybe good for maybe kids, that dude. well. Fuck yeah. And, I mean, you can't help but think of Sam when you've got a movie like this with yeah. Bruce Campbell in it, which we'll get right. into. Yeah, but totally. uh, it's also like there's a lot of really cool like when when conversations are happening it's like at a dutch angle or just like i was with like some up. dark lighting on like the character in the foreground and there's just so many moments that i'm like this is a comic book frame you know yeah what I mean? yes and like but i think it's done in a really good way that's not over overdone especially the dutch angle thing i want to yeah, give props no, to uh, i don't think i noticed it until this time yeah, Shelley Johnson is the cinematographer of this movie. Uh, has a lot of just really great credits. Just seems to have had a great c- career. Was the cinematographer on the first Captain America, uh, Hidalgo, the most most recent uh, Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music. And okay. all of those are just like fun movies that they're... And all clearly... three of those have color. Those yeah. are colorful movies, this is including a colorful movie. One. Yeah. This is and that is one of my favorite things about it. God damn it. Why I'm going to be one of those annoying Twitter assholes, but why are Marvel movies all like a yeah. a fucking uh parking Gray lot? Scale. That's what everyone <laughs> yeah. compares it to. That just looks like a fucking parking lot. And yeah. I know I have thought about making a video defending those choices because I think John Favreau is like the reason the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what it is and his yeah. choice to make Iron Man feel muted and grounded and like this, sure. just a guy and like he's building this and like he's doing that. They took that, just they turned it up a little when the Russos came on board, I think, because they were like, yeah. that really worked. And these guys have even more superpowers. Let's ground them even more. I think that's right. kind of what they were going for. So I, I could defend that choice. But having spent so many years watching those movies my favorites are yeah. the ones that are colorful thor ragnarok the guardians yep. movies that first iron man is graded better than a lot of the one uh movies that yeah. have come since the first avengers but then you watch this and it's like yeah man it's just so colorful man like the fucking use of everyone wearing basically their superhero costume as their everyday clothes that's something that 
that is such a comic book thing and I feel like they kind of did it a little in Rami's Spider-Man movies like Parker's always wearing uh you know a red shirt or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. but and I think Harry wears a lot of green but mm. it this is like Will is it's wearing a red white and blue t-shirt right. At all and times. Layla is wearing his... a green dress or, you know, yeah. it's just, right. and it's not green. It is this, the color of vines, you know, right. She's wearing green makeup. It's, it's something, it's a choice. I just wanted to touch on the Dutch angle thing again real quick yeah. as well. I mean, the colors Sorry, are part I of the cinematography for, oh no, absolutely. Like all very good points, especially like all the colors, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to put it more eloquently than you just did, other than just <laughs> colors. But um, uh, the Dutch angles, and I think it's actually interesting because in that uh, sort of riff, you brought up the Marvel movies. And I remember whenever the most recent time I watched through the Marvel movies, I think it was like a couple years ago in preparation for Endgame, um, and I'm kind of done. I'm like, all right, cool, Marvel movies. Maybe I'll watch them and have fun. But my point is, when I was watching, rewatching Thor, the first Thor, Jesus Christ, he Kenneth, ham on those calm Dutch fucking down with those goddamn Dutch angles. It's, it's like distracting. Three fourths of like, the close up shots. It's like, like if it's not a wide angle, it's a Dutch angle. It's the three-fourths of the shots in general even the wide angles are like are weirdly <laughs> at a dutch angle and it's fucked <laughs> it's so distracting and it's like why is like everything Thor's in this diagonal rock and at never, a dutch angle <laughs> never once in this movie was i was i like why is that at a dutch angle or even no, really noticed it i was I actively looking it. for it because yeah. i was like trying to you know for this podcast like deconstruct and think about it critically but the uh the the use of the dutch angle is so fucking good whenever something super happens it's just enough to to give you like an elevated comic booky feel without yes. getting in the way and and there's sounds in there too to uh yeah assist the editing in those moments with like yep. <laughs> yes you know oh like i'm thinking of uh when Ron, Ron Wilson, Wilson <laughs> take, yep. switches his hat and then rips off the patch yes. on his shirt. That oh, is... Oh, man. I mean, that's different than what we're... I, I think we're still kind of in that that part of the talk with, like, I'd say sound is part of that, right? Or would you... I'd say, uh, first, I, I feel like I'm in... Uh, <laughs> In the moment, realizing that our structure of trying to save the production stuff for after the actors doesn't really make sense. So let's just get into it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we get moments like that one. We get uh, a lot of great moments like the the War and Peace when he is in the containment Mm. chamber for the first time and is trying to use his powers. It's the sound of a lighter that's not working. Yeah, right. Totally. You know, little things like He's that. He's just like flailing or, his arms, but it's that I just, sort of little shit. Yeah. Uh, the attention to detail without um, without risking any fun, you know? They don't yeah, take away totally. the fun. It's the speed. His name is Speed. Speed's uh, <laughs> sound yeah. he makes when he's running. And the right. stretch guy. Yeah. Like his arm stretching. There's just, it's like a balloon, you know? Uh, totally. It's just all stuff that you definitely would not see in a superhero movie now, trying to have some realism and groundedness. And right. it's so fucking fun. The melting yeah, sound when that dude melts. It's so yeah, good. Very it's good. just 
the amount of uh, glass breaking sounds that are just fucking glass shattering in a movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Oh man. Like I'm surprised there's not a Wilhelm scream in this movie. <laughs> you know what Me I mean? Too, like, that's but at the vibe. same time, that's that it would I think be is the difference. one of the things I'm I'm thinking of when I think this is a movie for Disney Channel almost. Sure, but I don't yeah. mean that as a gripe. It feels that's a brand. You know what I mean by yeah. that? And yeah. a Wilhelm scream immediately makes it a cinema, like a Paramount, uh, fucking sure. a Hollywood movie, you know? Totally. So uh, it feels like a good time to segue to like the the uh, uh, special effects and stuff, like as you're bringing up the to. way they do that, because the and audio I... works so well with it. And honestly, for a movie from 2005... With a budget of uh, $35 million, which is, like, substantial but not incredible on Disney Channel, these effects fucking hold up for everything except for the big rock guy. That was <laughs> all I was going to say. Holy crap. I'm so glad I'm sorry we I interrupted agree. you, but... No, yeah. I'm so glad. It, it's only because they didn't have the textures yet for that. Yeah. So yep. it looks too soft to be a rock. It's like all of a sudden he turns yeah. into... Uh, Play-Doh or CG. It's right. CGI. You know what I mean? It's CGI. It they get the lighting CGI. right. They get the uh, the practical effects to make him there. Like him catching the car. That was mm. a car that was on a line and the line stopped to make it look like right. he caught it. Or like him sitting on the couch and the couch flipping yeah, up right. and Will talking to him. It's all a great way to incorporate not a great CGI character. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, can we talk about the first time where you were like, oh, they're using special effects and it, I didn't even realize it? When right. his parents get a call from the mayor, which, first yep. of all, oh, another sound yeah. moment. <laughs> yes, mayor, yeah. we got it. You know, I fucking love so that. Classic. And they fly in to save the day and it looked great. It looked really good, like better yeah. than stuff looks now when they're flying and we get a close up of them flying. I wasn't like, oh, shitty green screen. <laughs> right. It was yeah. like they're flying. When, when he she punches drops that him robot, and he punches it, it was, and it was sick. Like, Damn. And like pieces, pieces of like, it wasn't just that uh, the effect they use a lot in this movie is that wave effect the when ripple, uh, his sure, dad yeah. punches the ground, Will punches the ground. And it looks yep. fucking dope. I've it always really loved that. Yeah. But in this robot moment, that's not all it does. It like causes like pieces to fly out of its head and like a bolt to go. Fly. It's just like those yeah, little totally. things that make the special effects feel more real. And then when we later are at dinner, they bring home a real robot right. eye. You know, it's just little tricks like that feel. That's what I mean too when I say it, it feels very Rammy like because. Yeah, it, uh, movies nowadays just don't have the gall to like spend the money to buy a fucking robot eye to yeah, sell right. that CGI shot. But as soon as we see that eye, we're like, yeah, he beat a robot. Totally, like very Rammy, like in the mixture of CGI where you need it and practical effects wh where it can work. Like one little detail I wrote down. To, that really just made it feel so alive that they could have just skipped over. But the first time that War and Peace attacks Will Stronghold and he fires a fireball at him and Will picks up a lunch tray, one of those plastic yes. lunch trays, and it bursts into flames in the middle, which is like very cartoony. But then the next shot of Will, he's 
holding it and it's cracked apart and he pulls it apart and there's little bits of like stretched melted plastic between the two halves of the of the tray that's just like such a little detail that they did not have to include but makes it feel so much more real and grounded 100 i loved that shot yes oh it's so good and like will swinging around on that street lamp and the street lamp falls and then he picks it back up when he walks away it falls again and shatters and you're like yep that's a real street lamp now now it's real you know yeah uh, and all that looked practical to me. Like there was definitely wires and stuff, but yes, like... there's a lot of wire work in this movie that looks great. Wire work is so yeah. hard to nail. Oh my god! Uh, you have one end of the spectrum of good being uh crouching tiger, hidden dragon, floaty, yeah. classic. Uh, those classic martial arts movie style. Yep. Where people run up walls and do a backflip, and it looks like they're dancing up the wall. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other end, uh, which still is kind of paying homage to that feeling of like the Matrix, where you're like, that looks real because they add the fucking gravity of it, the momentum of it. Yeah. This ba- is like balanced. This is like, it feels like a movie when people are like flying into a wall, but it yeah. feels like they flew into a wall. Right. You know, yeah, totally. when Will I think... throws Warren in the that save the yeah. citizen, it feels like wire work but also like the dude just got thrown it's just that balance that makes me go that's a movie and i love it i have a couple more examples of like effects and stuff i want to bring up but i i think i just found the wording for uh so much of what this movie is which is basically just that it is paying homage it 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 is perfectly achieving the goal it is set out to do it is paying homage to superheroes in general both in movie form and in comic book form without targeting any specifically and still telling a good story within that you know what i mean like this is oh very my much god yeah their like, purpose was like, to be like superheroes in high school and it feels like that at the best possible like, yeah outcome they could have know? so easily made commander and Jetstream just knock off super Man and Wonder Woman, but they right. gave them specific powers. Commander has super strength. Jetstream yep. can fly. Jetstream carries him into battle and I throws him. Shit like that, you know? Like, yeah. it makes it unique in a... And, like, the world that they live in with the idea that superheroes exist and everyone knows it. Like, there's a giant robot fighting the city and they're like, we got <laughs> right. news. Commander and Jetstream are on their way. Right. And Ron Wilson, bus driver, in his first scene says, like, yep. Shh, keep it down. Do you want every villain to know where, you know? It's right. clear that there are stakes still, even though everyone knows about superheroes. It's still something to keep on, the, you know, keep on the DL. And, like, the fact that the school is at a random location and it's constantly moving and only the bus drivers know how to get there, which then becomes a fucking payoff in the end. It's a mix of using like the built-in mechanics of the universe to write a good story and to have great setups and payoffs. And as you were saying, it's a constant tipping of the hat to you, sir, to many (laughs) comics and many movies like that came before it. And the, I, cause I think that, uh, American superhero movies paying homage to like classic martial arts movies is just a it's just a thumbs up good job because like action isn't action without all those classics you know so paying homage to that in the medium of like an American superhero comic book turned into an American movie it's just fucking cool you know yeah 
And they, yeah. you're right, man. They balance the line in this perfect because it's not trying to do anything in your face. It's just doing everything for fun. And when someone like you or me is like, wait a second, we notice it all and it's it's there for you, you know? Yep. Um, uh, one more effect thing. Yeah. If yeah. you're okay with me talking about, uh, do it. I'm, it's going to be a few things just thrown out there. Okay. When she turns into a fucking gerbil, it looked great. <laughs> it did. When it he glows, did. it always looks great. When he turns great. into a puddle, it looks great. It looks great. Uh, the arms look great. The, the stretchy arms, arms look so surprisingly great. That could look so bad, but I think partially their choice to put him in like black and white stripes, which is yes. e- seems easier to like CGI yes. and look good. And it looks fun. Looks really good. War, uh, not Ro- Warren. Royal Pains helmet being like oh, the yeah. Iron Man thing forming around. Yeah, I don't know if great. that was an editing trick because it did not feel. It felt practical to me, but yeah. also like, how could they do that? You know, right? So it's like a mix of the sound effects, a mix of probably really, really, really smart editing, mm-hmm. and maybe they fucking built a helmet that can. Do- I don't know. <laughs> they maybe did. Yeah, I don't know. But it it looked great. It um, just looked the- great. The last one I want to bring up, and I think this is particularly interesting, uh, Layla, her powers to to oh, bring about yeah. nature and stuff is really good oh. and feels like the rest of them, especially like at the end. But a couple times she does it and it f- there's like three different ways that they do that at the end. When she has a big blowout moment facing off with Gwen, who's uh, royal pain, it's CGI. You know, there's CGI mm-hmm. vines coming in. There's also the practical stuff, which, uh, you know, like a plant that slowly comes back to life, which also seems like some editing stuff. Like they had a plant wilt and like maybe reversed it or something. It seems something sort of CGI, but a bit of practical in there. And then there's another CGI thing that looks almost a completely different style of like CGI that's featured in the movie, but feels almost like claymation. When Will has just told his dad that he doesn't have any powers and he goes out on the roof and she rides a tree that she grows, it reminds me of like James and the Giant Peach or something. Uh, you know, yes, a hundred percent. But it doesn't James feel and the Giant weird. Peach, man. I couldn't put my tongue on it, but that is it. It feels like stop motion or something. Claymation-y or stop motion, but it looks good. Like it doesn't. Look and then she super hands him a real apple in that yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just was makes great. it all I it. yeah. I agree. So consensus on the uh on the visual effects are work on that rock guy, but other other than that, <laughs> yeah, like than fuck, that, you did a great up, job. Two thousand five. And uh, I, I think this kind of counts in, in visuals, but it's it's just like a little bit of a different thing. Mm-hmm. I really like the costumes in this movie, man. They're so yeah. cheesy looking. They look like They're rubber, so and I just though. love it. <laughs> yeah, man. They look like rubber spray painted, and especially, I especially. And I think this is a good segue, especially Jetstream and the Commander. And yeah. he's a he's a very successful actor for many years. But Kurt Russell to me is the Commander. Like, dude, this is the first thing I saw him in. It's he'll always be this in my head. When he is in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, yeah. it feels like Commander coming back. It you know does. what I mean by that? It really like does. Like the yeah. attitude and the way he is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Commander I... found a way to become a planet. <laughs> yeah, to become just a brain floating in space. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite performances of like my childhood. 
Yeah. And it's from a guy who's, I mean, come on. How many knockout performances does he have? Yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah. almost a unlimited supply, like Jesus Christ. And yep. yet this is the one that sticks out for us because it came out at a formative in our formative years and he didn't treat it like a kid's movie. He just no. he worked he and played the role. Which that is, is honestly the case with fucking everyone in this movie. Yeah. It's a is there anyone role, though, in this because... movie who didn't take it seriously? Like, yeah, let's keep talking about uh, fucking Kurt yeah, Russell just on Kurt for yeah. another second. Like to have to play the line of the father who's so disappointed that his son doesn't have powers that when his mother is like, I mean, what are we gonna do? Throw him in a t- vat of toxic waste and have him he go? Like, looks up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but like to not absolutely hate that guy. He just seems like a stern, like, cocky superhero dad, you know? I think the scene that sells it is uh, him, Will, getting in trouble for getting in a fight and right. them having that their stern talk with him. And then his dad being like, and you're going to have to tell mom I took your Xbox away. I don't have right. an Xbox. Flips around a chair with a president <laughs> in it. You know, like, that Like, shit. that's a terrible dad move, but also, yes, like... Yes, it is, uh, and, like, as a kid, you're just, like, not... I want that to be my dad. You're just, right. like, that's so cool. Like, I don't yeah, know. It's just, like, right. such a cool... And I don't think... Uh, I think that, you know, maybe they could sell it a little more in the end with him, have Will and his dad both kind of, like, learning the problematic side yeah. of that. They right. do kind of, though, with his dad being, like... Uh, good on you for hanging out with sidekicks and then in the end being like these aren't right. sidekicks these are heroes and heroes. i understand that now yeah like right. that that's satisfying and it's good and i think that did communicate um what it was trying to to me as a younger kid even like yeah i was like yeah he was kind of an arrogant bastard and now he's not anymore and it's even it even goes as far as to have him be like whatever you're teaching these kids keep teaching him and like that was him mm-hmm. acknowledging his old sidekick. And then right. that guy even gets a kiss on the cheek and he loves yeah. her. And like, you know, maybe that doesn't age as well, age super well, but I <laughs> love it, well. man. It's so funny it's, and good. It's and sweet. I you think can tell that, the intention is sweet. Yeah, I think they could have. Uh, if this movie has a director's cut, I bet there's a little more fleshing out of uh, the dad, like learning from his mistakes. And then, but it's also a movie about kids learning from the mistakes of their parents yeah we've got war and peace learning that like you know what like i don't have to hold this this grudge because my dad yeah this doesn't need to continue into another generation and then you've got the idea that royal pain is the daughter of royal pain and it turns out she's not she is royal pain and it it, i don't know to me that's maybe i'm going way i'm reaching like the fucking striped armed stretchy guy here (laughs) But I think that that's even like, no, this thing wasn't passed down generationally. Like, right. you don't have to be your parents. This is just the same person trying to create, you know. And then, you, I mean, they even kind of drive that, like, how you're raised is important thing home with the whole fact mm. that, like, the plan is to make them all babies and raise them as supervillains. Right. That's I a don't really know. good point. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's a kid's movie, and it's not like trying to art house you into like these uh oh wow that is a metaphor for (laughs) but it's still like got some shit to say and it says it and it makes you think about it yeah 
I, I agree. I think it's well done. Uh, I, I think it's a good moment to switch over to the main character, the vessel of the story. Will Stronghold is played by Michael Angarano. I want to say that's how you uh, pronounce that. He's had a good career since, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that nothing I... of note, like nothing. I'm like, oh, he was in that. But he's had a lot on his credit. So he's kept to it. And uh, he it seems like he's had a good career. I would like if they did make some kind of a sequel to this, I would like him back. That oh, would absolutely I would be very cool with that. And I'm saying that having not read anything about this dude, I don't know if like, you know, there's some problematic shit or whatever that always comes back to bite you when you're like, yeah. I hope they bring him back. And then it's like, Hey yeah. guys, so I mean, last week we talked about, no, <laughs> we're on a movie podcast. We're going to, we're going to mention, we're going to fuck We're up. not always going to know everything about everyone. Um, but uh, I think he does a really great job. I and I'm almost kind of grateful man. that I don't know him any from anything else in particular. I'm just he's just fantastic as Will Stronghold. I just think he plays it really well. I like the way they like change his his hair is like down over his forehead at the beginning, and then when he gets his powers, he's got the swept back hair, yep. and his attitude does feel like it changes. Like I don't know, he he tracks the the story beats very well, and I think. He's just a very empathetic actor. A moment uh, that drives that point home and that has stuck with me my entire life since seeing this movie. I think Hmm. since seeing the trailer. I think this is a trailer Hmm. moment when uh, he's getting power tested by Bruce Campbell, which we will talk about, I promise. (laughs) we will for sure. And Bruce thinks he's fucking with him. He's like, come on, you've got powers. Yeah, right. Car! And he drops a car on him and he falls on his back and he goes... What are you crazy? I don't yeah. have any powers. That moment of him being like, "Are you crazy?" and he mm-hmm. like almost cries and he's like, yeah. "I don't have any powers." And he like walks away. That moment literally has always stuck with me because it's mm. just so much like, "Holy shit, he just dropped a car on a kid." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it right. doesn't feel like they're shying away from that. Bruce Campbell's right. performance continues. He's like, "Oh, so you're a flyer. Yeah. Here you right. go." He's still doing that. Yeah. But this kid is getting the fuck beaten out of him. And he's like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck? And I don't know why, but it's always stuck with me. And that, to me, is like, challenge. that must be challenging as an actor yeah. to be like, okay, so this movie is about superheroes. Everyone's getting thrown around and <laughs> knocked through walls. But it's going to hurt you You're this just time. A kid. Act like yeah. this sucks. You're not right. a hero yet. And he did it perfect. As a kid, I thought that. And as an adult, I'm still affected by it. I think that's all you can really uh, hope for in a performance, you know? A lasting, uh, yeah, something that lasts. Yeah. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Before we get to Bruce Campbell, uh, let's talk about his friends, starting Uh, with... uh, Layla, Danielle Panabaker, who... I want her to have been in something else I was obsessed in uh, obsessed with as a kid. There's something about her face that I'm just like, "Oh, she was like in tons of stuff, right?" Yep. I'm looking yeah, at I don't I recognize almost Name anything else. I think it's just I mean from the early 2000s, she was in Malcolm in the Middle, which I never really watched and I think only for like a couple episodes. Uh she was in a CSI uh literally nothing else i really recognize uh law and order uh, mom at 16 searching for david's heart none of those must be something you know there must be yeah i'm not seeing it friday the 13th do you know the friday the 13th movie it must just be it 
because she left such an impression. Like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, I was in love with her as a kid, for sure. A hundred percent, man. the thing is, <laughs> I want to, like, make sure we give uh, Danielle her due, but also I want to... I, have thought this since the middle of the movie i was like if there was one person in the world that would make that would justify in my head why will doesn't just is not just obsessed with way with layla it's mary elizabeth weinstead (laughs) (laughs) as soon as i'm like Like, how can you not just be obsessed with her and then mary elizabeth weinstead comes on screen and you're like oh okay i mean it's mary elizabeth okay yeah and then the the music yeah so this is (laughs) we're not at this part yet but since you're saying that i just want to quickly say the movie does a fantastic job with its budget by picking a lot of recognizable songs and using covers of them there's like 10 that's a song and it's the cover of the song right so the moment still works and as a Probably kid, you wouldn't know it's a them. fucking cover. You wouldn't know, yeah. You wouldn't know. There's like a Smith song when she's coming up <laughs> yeah. on the tree, you know? And yeah. you're like, as an adult, I'm like, hey. hey. Wait, <laughs> but as a kid, the moment worked because that song makes that moment work. And, yep. you know, say what you will about that. I All I can say is good on you for keeping your budget because they right. obviously spent their money in the right places. And it still anyway, worked, yeah. Uh, but Danielle Panabaker, she's so good in this role and i love the i don't know i love that she's the one who has feelings and like that that's a little bit more interesting than I feel like the guy who's always like pixie like girl who's he's obsessed with i don't know i mean it's all very tropey i'm not saying like this has never yeah, been like, done before like it's very i just liked the way it was done in this movie it feels very genuine that they have grown up together and she's developed some sort of appreciation for him that he doesn't notice for some reason. And I, it's something that as two dudes, like mm-hmm. we don't have uh, the greatest authority to speak on um, Absolutely. how women have been treated in film in the past. But there is something to say about this character feeling like her own character. Yeah. It isn't. I don't know that this movie passed or past the Bechtel test. I don't know that yeah, she as a not. character passes all those tests that you should like I'm not saying this as like a, those fucking yeah. tests. I <laughs> really think you should make an effort if you have a character in your movie and you're a guy writing that movie, check yourself if it's a girl in your movie or a woman and you uh, check yourself. Like but that's it's probably like, ew, you know, there's probably you don't know yeah. what it's like to be a woman in the world. So when you're right. writing characters that are women, stuff happens sometimes. There's something about uh, Layla being like, not just like I'm just like obsessed with him when she's the way telling she's her story too. Yes, like she's a fleshed out character who like, and I love that she's powerful but doesn't care about like flaunting it. She's like, I don't. Our I first think it's introduction that... to her is her being like, I noticed that you had left some recycling in the trash. I sorted that for you. Right. And, oh, thanks. You know, it. It. She's a little bit like kind of weirdo. But all the mom, I mean, but like her look on her face. But Uh it's played as a moment where it aged to it aged to a point where because of uh, her performance, I'm like, fuck, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, nerd. It's like, fuck yeah. And then yeah. when she's like, uh, do you want some bacon, eggs? And she's like, oh, you know how my mom can talk to animals? Turns out they don't like being eaten. 
Right. It's, it's a line that actually like aged well. It doesn't feel like some right. dumb two th- mid two thousands knock it's on not vegetarianism. Too, like, huh, but it's also yeah, like, it just is yeah. like funny and yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, she, <laughs> right. it, and it's cool because like it establishes that like there's this nature thing from her powers. You know, yep. like her mom. Yep. I don't know. And uh, then when we get the scene of her in the Chinese restaurant, um, and we meet uh the real war and peace outside of school which yeah. is one of my favorite scenes as oh, in a kids movie come on uh, yeah. we find out she's not just like in love with him because he's so cute they've been best <laughs> friends since first grade right. and she trusted him she trusted him with her power and that is what sparked the love and yep. that's so real like being best friends with someone for that long and trusting them like come on like it oh. it's not always the case but that is a thing you know like and it's a more realistic thing than yeah he's just really hot and so why wouldn't i love him he's like right. he's the hot guy it's not the taylor swift you belong with me music video it's <laughs> it's its own real thing and the fact that yeah. warren's like yeah how long have you been into him like it's obvious it's like yeah. cool like right. they just like people know you know let's uh let's move on to him and comment on because i think steven straight is the actor. I think he does such a great job with this role because I think it's a tough, it could be very like broody man. Like Ugh, I hate I'm you because your dad, but I'm looking just through seems, my long hair. You know? Right. He just seems like an emotional guy. Like it, it's yep. well portrayed who has depth. Like his dad is put away and like the relationship he has with like his when parents the, when, are, are arch nemesis. Right. Like, Nemesis. think about that. It's taking the classic, which I am uh, from uh, divorced parents my whole life. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to make, I, I as soon as I was about to say this, I was like, oh, God, someone might be like, dude, that's insensitive. But, like, it is kind of like a classic, the divorced parents kid. Sure. Except he's not. His parents he's are not. superheroes that are literally... arch nemesis. You know, yeah, it's like right. taking that. I don't know if that was insensitive of me to, no, to describe I, I in that way. Like, but especially noting that, like, that's sort of the role it plays, but not that at all. Exactly. It's, right. it's, I don't know. I can relate to him. You know, I'm like, yeah, it really fucking sucks to have your parents talk shit about each other. You know what I mean? But yeah. on a superhero level, like, I don't know. It just makes the move. It makes me not like, oh, no, now I'm feeling shitty about my life. It's more like, you know, it's still in that elevated universe, but right. I can relate to it in a way that makes me really like this character. And yeah. then we see him with his hair pulled back. And he's and just a just kid with a job. It. You know, he's there's a high something. school he's a high school kid with he's a job. Apron, he's like kind of dirty. He's got back. a towel over his shoulder. He's just Good working. God. It's just and the fact that he like gets yelled at by these people who he he kind of, it's not even like, oh, man, the boss. It's like he clearly has a relationship with whoever yeah, runs this restaurant. Yeah, where he can restaurant. yell back. Yeah, and he and yells back in, in uh, Chinese, I believe, but or and Mandarin. And it, it feels to me, uh, I don't know if, I hope it wasn't intended that this is supposed to be like a, a Chinese character. His name is Warren Peace, and we see his parents, and his parents are white, so I'm pretty sure like yeah. they weren't. I think I, I think we yeah. see his mom. I, yeah. Uh, this feels to me like a moment that's not like 
ooh, whitewashed character. It feels like a dude who's working at this restaurant and has learned this language because yes. of his relationship with them. Totally. And I've exactly. always loved that moment of him just like yelling back and then getting up and getting back to work. Like he has the respect to get back to work, but also they've got a little relationship where he can, you know, he can jab a little bit back and he knows what language, you know, like he can actually speak the language that is being spoken in that restaurant. It's just right. like, this is a much more open-minded and like hardworking dude than a uh, corner of the lunch table with his hair down gives right. off. Yeah. And then when you rewatch the movie, not saying I watched it twice, but like if I were to, mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel like, okay, we know that this is a normal dude. Like, why right. is he acting like that? Think about it. If you saw someone whose parents put your dad in prison, it would stir up trauma. And you know? everybody at school is treating him like his dad, like a god and like bowing at his feet, you know? Yep. 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 So, and then, yeah, it's really yeah. well done. Uh, I think we should start just rattling through. I, we don't all have a whole lot of time, crazy but all of the fantastic side, character actors. side characters we've got. Let's going start on. with Bruce Campbell real quick. Because Bruce I've Campbell, been, we've touched I've been on, but like beefing <laughs> him up the whole time, and I, I, love I Bruce think Campbell I need so much. at least a minute because, like, holy cow, what a perfect casting! Being first of all, how well does that age, Coach oh. Boomer? Come yeah. on. <laughs> How did they do I that? I didn't even man. think about that. That's really and funny. And his character is such a boomer. It's so funny, yeah. you know? Like it's <laughs> yeah. so good. It's just so good. That's Beyond so funny. That, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Right? I didn't think about it until like I think someone just called him boomer and I was like, Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> but uh Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell has the voice. So yeah. making him that guy, dude, there's a line. That I thought I laughed so hard at, and then they pay it off later. Huh. Bruce Campbell, they cut to him when War and Peace and Will are first fighting, uh-huh. talking to the science teacher, who Dude, we'll also yes. talk about. And he and yes. we just hear I know exactly um, the science about. teacher say, uh, "So they're twins." But uh, and then Bruce Campbell says, "Oh no," he says, "So they're twins, and it's the evil twin or something yeah, like that." Right. And Bruce yes. Campbell's like, "Yeah, she's the evil one." And he's like. Okay, I guess I'll be there Friday night. And then Bruce is like, right. you dog. And then they pay, they pay it, it off. off later. Later, we see that this, this teacher, him. yes, he's gotten both twins. And, and Bruce Boomer's Campbell's just, just like, drinking yeah. and pissed. And he's wearing, like, a nice, like, sweatsuit that you would totally expect this yes. guy to wear when he totally. goes out, you know? Yeah. There's just those little things that only Bruce Campbell can make that so fucking good. Great uh, segue, actually, into two characters I want to bring up, which are Mr. Medulla, who's the mad scientist with that what huge forehead. Mr. Medulla. is on uh, that uh, date, that sort of joke. And also has a ton of other really funny moments. And then there's Mr. Boy, <laughs> which I fucking love because he's like, uh, America Boy? Or like, what What was his name? I think it was America Boy. Or I think American it was just boy. All American Boy. All American Boy. And I don't, just but I'm, I'm older now, so you can call me Mr. Boy, which is great. He Those just, like, two guys, boy. 
I know you recognize them from other things, particularly their voices, but uh, that's Dave Foley, Mr. Boy, and Kevin McDonald, Mr. Medulla, who are two just like incredible comedic actors who I feel actually I'm very, very grateful to my mother for showing me the sketch show from the late 80s, early 90s called The Kids in the Hall. And it's such an incredible sketch series. It was like five dudes. I mean, it's five straight white dudes making a comedy show. So, you know, make of that what you will. But the the sketches are really good. And some of them, like, I still reference to this day. There's like, uh, there's a character that they bring back a lot in that show who I think it's played by Kevin McDonald, who uses perspective to like take his thumb and pointer finger and look at people and put their head in between and go, I am crushing your head. I am crushing your head. You have referenced that. Dude, yeah, right. Our friendship, and I have never known if it it's was from just Kids in the Hall original Calvin joke or that's it's so from Kids funny. in the Hall. And Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald are two of the original people from that, and they're both just like they've had such incredible careers. And every time I see them on screen, I'm just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I loved seeing them in this movie. Both just absolutely hilarious. Uh, dude, yeah. Once you get to that point. Now we've named three, three, like, that's a guy that you need to know about that guy to Mm -hmm. know how good he is. Right. And there are still more. This is very (laughs) clearly a movie that was, whoever was the casting director slash the director slash the producer, whoever, whatever brain farm decided, like, hey, let's get these guys in these movies. (laughs) They know movies. They know shit because it's not like... They're overutilized and like, oh, this is going to be a comedic character. They're just using the comedy that these guys naturally have to elevate these already pretty funny characters. Yeah. Keep going, though, because there are more. Uh, oh my god there's more we've got the uh the nurse who's played by cloris leachman who i'm like i know her face she's so funny in this role i mean the way she puts this like you have two super parents and she's using the suckers and then one dud and the way she just gets so sad as she's telling him i'm just like you're not helping but she's had an incredible career she's i mean so many things i was trying to figure out where i recognized her from a few things but I bet you didn't know she was Frau Bulcher in Young Frankenstein, the the like woman who owns the 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 building. Whoa! Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been able to. That's so. Now I need to watch that again because that um, has been. I'm gonna rattle off a couple names and we can maybe do like a comment and then I have uh, a thing to wrap back around to that I said I was going yes. to earlier in the episode. Uh, we've got some of the kids here. Um, we, we've got, I mean, Ron Wilson, the bus driver, Kevin Heffer- Heffernan, uh, who's just so great in this role, so just earnest. so likable and earnest, but also elevated. Like, I don't know how he does it. Um, we've got DJ Daniels, uh, as Ethan, the kid who melts. We've got Kelly Veets as Magenta, who I love how she's just like, oh, I'm going to be a guinea pig now. Oh, so stupid. All right, fine. Yeah, you know? and it's not overplayed <laughs> it at all. Well. It's yep. perfect. Li- that line is there. We've got Nicholas Brown as Zach, who was he recently has gone on. He was in Succession that just won yep. all those fucking awards. Um, I need to watch that show because that dude has always been the guy who glows, you know? Yeah, totally. For me, and yep. seeing his career kick off is so, that's really cool. 
And then uh, there's a few others. Oh, never mind. Before we get to the thing, I've got two others. We've got Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, playing a bit role at the end here. Did you notice that? Is Tom Kenny, Kenny, dude? uh, Snitches or stitches? No. Okay. So the 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 school is falling, and uh, oh yeah, the the couple that's like looking at their house, their newly bought house, and then Tom Kenny is one of those faces where I forget who he is until I like remember who he is. You know what I mean? Because has he been a uh, in live action as much as he is a voice? Because his uh, face is done a very good amount of live action. I think he has done a good amount of live action stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's he's done so... a lot more voice work because that dude has a voice. I love um, that moment. I'm so glad we didn't get the extra insurance. Anyway. <laughs> right. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Linda Carter as Principal Powers. Linda Carter, dude. the original Wonder Woman. And I love. Did you he- at the they end? Have the line. Yeah, man. At the end, when the the bad guys are captured and in the room, and she just says, "What? That's all I can do. I'm not Wonder Woman." Ah, it's, you are. It's great. It's great. <laughs> okay, so I'm watching this movie. There's a couple cutaway scenes to the bad guy who's like hidden behind a hood and the jester person next to him that he keeps like <laughs> grabbing uncle, and uncle, uncle, or uncle. they keep grabbing uncle uncle and I'm like oh that's funny and then there's a scene where Will is taking Gwen back home Mary Elizabeth mm-hmm. Winstead also <laughs> plays a really good flip uh we didn't quite touch on her but this is all I want to say she just plays a good flip between like a girl I would totally fall for her, like, being interested in me and fall in love with her, and then being, like, the bad guy. I think she does it really well. Nails it. But Will brings her home and opens the door, and it's fucking Jim Rash, the the Dude. fucking dean from Community. And, and his line there sells the fact that it makes, because, you know, the reveal of his character. Okay, hold on, hold great. on, hold on. Okay, you go ahead. You go ahead. It sounds like you got He says it. a line, and I literally paused it, ran into the room where Eva was hanging out reading something, and I jumped on her, and I was like, Jim Rash, the Dean is in this movie. It's so cool. And she was like, oh, cool. And then I went back out, <laughs> kept watching, and then there was another cutaway scene where I noticed Jim Rash also plays the like jester guy and i was like oh Stitches. shit he plays two different characters in this movie and i ran into the room again and was like he also plays this character and then slowly as the movie was resolving i was like i'm dumb oh i'm stupid <laughs> that's the same character <laughs> i gotta say though man that's the movie playing you in the way right. it's supposed to exactly him having the line of you're not that one with four arms, are you? Right. No, no, just two. <laughs> right. Well, keep him off of her. And then he yep. shuts the door. That is not the sidekick to a bad guy. Yeah. That is not... Oh, uncle, 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 uncle. That is a dad. Yep. Looking out for his daughter in the classic, most and if, classic way. Right. And you just immediately dismiss him because of that. And if he'd said and nothing, kid, it would have been more suspicious. But because he has a funny line, you're like, he's just there to be a funny dad. Exactly. And I think there is something that uh, a lot of people in their adulthood do when they watch movies that I just hate. And it's something that's subconscious for a lot of people. And I don't hate mm. on your subconscious. <laughs> but I try to consciously not do this. When some big name shows up, oh, that's the bad guy. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes yeah, it's do. not, you know? Yeah. And this is one of those moments where if I were an adult watching this and that moment happened and I gave in to that way of thinking, mm-hmm. it's like, why is he there now as just a, th- a throwaway character? And you did do the thing, but in the <laughs> movie still so played dumb. you, though, because you were like, hey, that's still him. I'm figuring yeah. it out. Right. But because he's such a good actor and he's able yeah. to just so dramatically flip, yeah. it's not the same character. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> right, right. But the thing that they do in the end of the movie, I don't know if you noticed it, he's at homecoming as a chaperone the yeah, whole time. He's right behind and the then, commander. And he does a sidekick dress change yeah. behind the commander. Yep, I did it's, notice. It's such a good payoff. It's yeah. the supervillain sidekick, you know? Right. Oh, it's so Because they have the whole montage of like training to do the, the quick change. I love um, seeing him when no one is watching, too. We see Ron Wilson bus driver cleaning those windows or whatever. Yeah. And he looks over and sees him, like, filling the bus, you know? Right, yeah. And when no one is watching, the dude is still like, I'm scrambling around and dancing. Ooh, I'm swaying left to right. And right. it's like, you know for a fact now that when he was the dad, that was him acting. He was yeah. trying so right. hard exactly. to be able to be like, you're not the boy with six arms, are you? <laughs> right. And that just a role. is so funny to me. That's so funny to me. Well, uh, I think we could even go on and on about this movie, but I think it's about time that we set in stone a kid moment of the week. Kid moment. What do you got? So my kid moment, I had a couple and i marked my favorite of the couple Mm -hmm. and it is when we first get to the homecoming dance this is another setup payoff because it's like a three it's there are so many like wait that was a payoff and then they paid that payoff with a payoff this is (laughs) one of them early in the movie we see uh um zach and magenta sitting on the stairs Mm -hmm. and zach goes I don't want to go to homecoming. Sounds stupid. And Magenta yeah. goes, I was thinking about going. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, maybe. Yeah, right. And then we see that they end up going together. So yeah. I imagine off screen, he asked her and she said yes. And it's just yep. like, yeah. And when they're at homecoming, the I got to make sure I have it. Okay. <laughs> he's just standing by her, kind of like into the music. And he's like, hey, you yeah. want to dance? And she goes, no. And he's like, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Just immediately, yep. just like, yeah, me neither. Yep. I don't know why, but as a kid, I always laughed really hard at that. And then as an adult, it still made me laugh. And that wasn't even the final payoff. They right. paid it off again later with more, with another, like, I didn't write that one down, but like, it, another... it's just, <laughs> she asks him, do you want to dance? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I just love He's that. like, finally. So yeah, excited right. about it. Yeah. I, uh, I think about, I'm not going to say constantly, but fairly often, the commander trying to dial the phone to call the school oh, and just crushing that's it. it. That's it. Because opening the drawer and there's just and there's a drawer like full of the same type of phone because he does this so often. That's it. That's got to be it. Sorry. Right? It's that's gotta it. Be it. That is it. Because yeah. 
I mean, we could. There's some good Ron Wilson bus driver moments in there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's some great moments from all the sidekicks with like yeah. the swirly and the right. Just yeah. In general, there's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. But <laughs> god damn it, so that is funny. it. That is it. <laughs> and just how frustrated he is, like, ah, oh, not again. <laughs> he opens the drawer. <laughs> there's like just 15. All of. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, I think we both agree. I mean, that's got to be it, right? I don't know why I didn't write it down. Absolutely, <laughs> that's it. Well, the kid moment goes to the commander's phone crush. Man, dude, I'm so glad oh. we talked about this movie, and I feel like there's so before much before we talk stop about. talking about it. You've got to have so- you, I you've have got one something more you gotta thing get I wrote before. down in all caps. You know, when it's written in all caps, you can't yeah, let man. it go. Yep. And it's funny, so it's like a wrapping up of the kid moment. Fuck yeah! This movie did the trope of glasses make you the super or glass taking off the glasses oh, yeah. make you the superhero <laughs> yeah. really funnily like yep. funnily in the beginning we see him walk down in a suit and they call him commander and then putting mm-hmm. glasses on him makes him not commander right but they turn that trope because the reason no one fucking recognizes their schoolmate coming over for dinner with their son gwen when she comes over oh. for dinner it's the schoolmate. They're talking and shit about her right in front of her is because that. she had glasses she had when they glasses were in high school before. with her. Now Oh my god. I did it's not even make that connection. Funny That's so fucking funny. A payoff. It's yeah. just come on, you know? I love oh, it. Man. Sorry. That's I couldn't movie. let that one go. I looked down and I was like, you, you know can't what? Let that one go. That's great because you know what? I think that's this movie in a nutshell because it's paying homage to superhero things in general, like the whole glasses thing, but it's also genuinely good and genuinely tricking you in a great story where this person who you don't suspect at all was strung along and the fact that like she is the age she is, like older high school, like high school senior, because when they fought before, she the ray was used on her and she was turned into a baby is so smart. Like it's a, it's, it's a great so example smart. to to wrap up this very smart, very fucking fun and colorful and funny and entertaining and at times just extremely satisfying movie. Uh, if that, you've that came been out in two thousand five, a little unsatisfied with superhero media as of late. Just watch this. Give it a try, man. You'll you'll be if you're a fan of this kind of stuff, right? It's like, yeah. If if, if you've listened to our whole podcast up to this point, <laughs> I would doubt you're not hyped up as fuck because we've been hyping it up the whole time. So yeah, man. you better watch it. <laughs> uh, and if you're into fantasy kind of stuff, like maybe some dungeons and dragons you should check out our actual play dungeons and dragons podcast which is called legendary four adventures space vampires thank kind you gary like a superhero yeah. guy that one yeah that one had some some pep to it some energy some uh some superhero announcer energy. yeah <laughs> um i want to thank sophina sago for making some really cool art for us to make as the podcast every time art. i see it i'm like that's our oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah Like, man. we actually have that art. Fucking it's right, so dude. Um, if you're able to, fi- financially able to, uh, please check out those list of ways you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement because it's extremely important and continues to be uh, forever. So, uh, yeah. And more than anything, thank you all for listening. I am Calvin Mann. And I'm his sidekick, Gary Boy. 
<laughs> and this has been a new lens. I didn't even we're just on the same level man because I didn't think it out or plan it out but when I said Calvin man I was like oh he should say Gary boy that'd be really funny really fucking nailed it it immediately jumped in my head awesome (laughs)